Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Bullington and this is The Campfire. Today we are talking 4-5A Division II where Fort Worth ISD is a majority of the district. After realignment, this district consists of Colleyville Heritage, Arlington Heights, Northside, the Parrots of Fort Worth Poly, Southwest, Trimble Tech, Odie Wyatt, and Grapevine. The Grapevine Heritage rivalry is back to being a district matchup for the next two years. Those are going to be some heated battles. Let's start things off by analyzing these teams in our film session. Colleyville Heritage drops down from Division I, where they went to the regional finals last year. The Panthers will be led by quarterback Weston Smith, who threw for over 2,600 yards last year. Smith will have sophomore Braden Blewett to throw to, who was first-team all-district MVP as a freshman. Grapevine won this district last year and will need another strong season from district MVP Parker Polk to do it again this year. On defense, the Mustangs return newcomer of the year, Leighton Towery, to help confuse their opponent's offense. As for Fort Worth ISD teams, there is plenty of talent to go around. Southwest was a playoff team last year and brings back offensive player of the year, Rylan Carter, who is just a sophomore. Speaking of talented sophomores, Cade Barrett, returns behind center for Odie Wyatt as they too were a playoff team last year. Arlington Heights has seen quite a few players transfer from other high schools this offseason to make them feel like they could be a contender. Northside will see some steady improvement to get back to the postseason like they did two years ago. Poly Tech lost a lot of first-team all-district players due to graduation, while Trimble Tech will need to improve on a one-win season a year ago. It will be interesting to see which Fort Worth teams step up to make a playoff push. All right, let's dig even deeper into 4-5A Division II as we bring in our Inside High School Sports Insider, Matt Diggs, along with producer Ward Fasold for our district breakdown. All right, it is district breakdown time, 4-5A Division II. We got my guy, Professor Diggs, our Inside High School Sports Insider. Uh, this is an interesting district. It's got Heritage and Grapevine renewing their natural rivalry, which they're going to play the game anyway, but this time at least it's in the district and it, it means a little bit more. Plus a, a ton of Fort Worth ISD teams. What do you think is going to shake out in this district? Yeah, I, I get muse about this district a while. I'm excited about this district because I love districts where you have clearly defined tiers because not only can you kind of analyze what's going to happen between the tiers, but within the tier, uh, there's every now and then you're going to get a team breakout and you know like we've talked about I know one of your best stories a couple of years ago was fourth north side and, and how you know make ending that playoff drought and I, I don't think you're going to see any great stories like this in this district you never know and that's the great thing about it is when you have these teams kind of broken up into tiers you can kind of look at it okay well obviously our top tier is going to be Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine I think they'll be battling for uh, one and two then I think you got that second tier and I got three teams and there's going to be a team that's real mad that they're left out of the playoffs because I think all three of these teams can make a claim that they're playoff teams and that's Fort Worth Southwest Arlington Heights and then uh, Fort Worth Wyatt. And then you have that third tier uh, that I think will be battling each other very competitively and if with a young class could jump up into that second tier and that's Fort Worth Poly, uh, Northside and Trimble Tech. So I'm excited about this district because not only am I going to be looking at who's going to make the playoffs, but how are those tiers uh, working out and, and who's going to arrive from the tiers uh, and, and get up and, and maybe even 
vault to that next tier. Uh, but when you look at this district, I, I think when we get our video first video package up, you got to look at Colleyville Heritage. You know, they got that quarterback, Weston Smith, coming back. And if, if I could quote the great philosopher, Big Cass, he's six foot five, and you can't teach that. And uh, Colleyville Heritage is going to have some really good uh, returning players. Uh, Riley Wormley is getting a lot of look in the uh, early look in the recruiting. Uh, uh, Oklahoma SMU are kind of uh, early early lookers at this guy. Uh, they just got so many good players. Tristan Rodriguez, the really good guard coming back. And Nathaniel Core, the wide receiver coming back. Colleyville Heritage is pretty much loaded for bear, and I think they're going to be the number one team. For me, Grapevine's had an issue over the last couple of years because of the districts they've been in. They, they've had they've struggled against teams that are right around their quality. Uh, they haven't had, you know, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They lose to the teams they're supposed to lose, but they haven't quite beat the teams that are right there in their kind of quality grade. And I think Grapevine is going to have to uh, shed uh, that reputation this year if they're going to have a successful season. Obviously, being number two in this district will have some playoff ramifications uh, as far as an e a home game and an easier game. Uh, in the second round, as we talked about with 3-5-A, uh, you definitely want to be one of the top two spots. Uh, but Parker Polk, you know, we're talking about back uh, off air. This guy is such a steady, consistent player for Grapevine. Uh, seems like he's been there. I think they put him in as a seventh grader. You know, he, he was playing uh, good. They got their quarterback coming back, Colt Mercer. Well, in the next two tiers, we have uh... – we have athletes I'd like to talk about in each of the tiers, but your next tier, you had uh, Southwest uh, Arlington Heights and Wyatt. And I want to, I mean, you're talking about all three, but starting with Wyatt, the reason I like them is because you have to have, to make it into the playoffs in a Fort Worth type ISD team, you have to have an athlete that does things. And that Cade Barrett uh, was something else as a freshman. And he's got so many years left. His coach talked him up last year when we talked and he hadn't even stepped in the field, and he's just got nothing but experience. Talk about how he might help lead the Shacks. You know, and, and, and when you talk about the freshmen and, and, and how well they're doing, fourth ISD had a really loaded freshman class last year, and I think you're going to see that across multiple teams, uh, players that they're going to have for three, four years uh, still to come. And Cade Barrett was uh, was really talented last year, uh, led Wyatt to a playoff spot, uh, had good targets, and he's going to have good targets coming back. So there's already going to be that chemistry there with West Madkins and Michael Alvarado. I think Wyatt, you know, I have them just looking outside, and I think they're going to be the team. Uh, that that's mad at this pick uh, but Fort Worth Arlington Heights has been a traditional powerhouse over the last you know 20 years in, in Fort Worth ISD football you know they've been right up there and they and with the last districting kind of being the odd team out kind of like Fort Worth Pascal has been they haven't had a chance to really thrive where they've been districted and I think now they have a chance to thrive uh, they've got some good players coming back Brian Furch uh, the good running back uh, Ben Contreras and a, a bunch of other players just uh Come and come into Arlington Heights, and, and Arlington Heights used to be kind of that team like Pascal that that teams would, uh, that players would kind of facilitate toward, kind of flock toward at, for at Arlington Heights, uh, and I think they're going to have that coming back this year. And then Southwest, you talked about really good superstars. How about Raylan Carter? I mean, this kid can do it all, both sides of the ball. He, he he's he's kind of like the the point guard. You know, you got to give him the ball, whether it's at receiver, whether it's at running back, whether at quarterback. You've got to give him the ball and let him make uh, plays. And he did that last year, and I think he's going to have a couple more years of doing that. And I think he is going to be a superstar, maybe even a potential bobblehead recipient. Oh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. 
Hey, uh, and you talk about the Yellow Jackets, they got they had a built-in motivation you know, speaker coming back after winning that Super Bowl ring with A-Train coming back and, and showing them the rings and seeing, hey, where you can go if you, you keep at it. And so it got a lot of players back on the team from, that weren't there from uh, took off at, during the COVID seasons, and they came back now. Let's talk about this lower tier. You know, we talk about this a lot between the two of us. It was three years ago, you, 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 you tugged my coat on the – the fact that, hey, you know what, coming up here, Polytech in the in Northside are going to have a game deciding playoffs. Northside hadn't been there for a while. It was like two weeks before it happened. And it's been a running gag with them that Northside is my squad. And I, I do like Coach Turner and everything. But talking to Coach Turner earlier this week, man, he talking a lot about Brandon Forrest and how he had a great season last year and he's up for a monster season this year. They, similar to the guys we talked about at, at Wyatt in Southwest, they put him – where they need to put them, special teams everywhere to make noise. But uh, will they have enough to challenge for that top to get in that? When you you look at who made all district last year with Northside, they had a lot of seniors. And and to me, when you have a senior-heavy class, and that was kind of the class they got Northside back on the radar, you have two options after that. You can kind of rebuild the program, retool, and, and, you know, now you got people – coming into the program and, and, and playing hard and, and deciding, hey, we want to – football is our sport at this school, or it kind of levels off and you just have a special class. And right now I'm trending to where it, it's going to level off. They, they have a special class come through. But, that, you know, that's motivation. That's the kind of thing where they're going to put this little video clip on the – you know, just replay it as, as I'm talking about them not uh, getting back into the playoffs and being in that third tier because they have been in that second tier uh, the last couple of years. And they're probably going to feel a little disrespected. And I have nothing but respect and love for that program uh you know this is more of a compliment to Arlington Heights Southwest and Wyatt uh Drew, Drew Nelson and Tyler Mears are also players I'm going to be looking at at Northside or with Polly though if if I'm looking at a team in that lower tier uh that could you know surprise somebody it's Fort Polly they are very young uh they got uh, Marcus Miles a very explosive receiver uh they've got uh, Latham Way uh, Leighton Towery Roman uh, Roman Chapa they got a really good defensive side of the ball I think uh, that's that's why I like them in that lower tier and potentially uh, get a couple turnovers could surprise a team like Arlington Heights or Wyatt I think they have a really good chance uh you know to be good and uh, to be good the next couple of years and then Trimble Tech they got the really good running back uh, Demario Coulter coming back and Devin Bloomer at receiver so I think uh, Trimble Tech's gonna have a little bit of offensive punch uh, but I think defensively on that side of the ball they're gonna really struggle let's uh quickly review your top yeah well you rank all the teams i always try to make you just do four but you're you're such a professional you get them all so give me the one through eight got that houston kind of vibe right there but you know they, they don't like ranking all of them in houston but i and dfw will rank all of them uh colleyville heritage number one grapevine number two i like fort worth southwest at number three fort worth arlington heights at number four to make the playoffs and then uh just on the outside i got fort worth Wyatt, fort worth polytechnic fourth north side and then fourth Trimble Tech to round out the district but again love these kinds of districts because I think any of those three teams they got the right class they can jump up and I think you got three to five so bunched if, if I'm wrong about your tier you could easily get a playoff spot in this district absolutely and that, I always love the Fort Worth districts at the outside state districts because you you got games Thursday Friday and sometimes Saturday too so you, you can pick up a game anytime you want so I appreciate it, Digsy. Hey, we're moving over to 5-5A Division Two. That's another one of those districts I call hodgepodge, where they kind of just pick teams that from all over and stick them in there. So 
and Midlothian Heritage is moving up in that one. So we'll talk about them next week. Lots of good conversations about that. And it's going to be a fun district, especially at the top of that district, because we're going to have games and matchups we haven't seen before. That's when it's fun. And they got your favorite team in there too, Summit. They always, you always give them the business. So <laughs> I will talk to you next week, Diggs. See you down the road. Now let's take a look at some of the athletes you should keep an eye on in this district and our players on the rise. At the running back position, it kind of feels like Grapevine's Parker Polk has been in the Mustang offense for a while. However, with his senior year coming up, Polk is looking to go out with a bank. His junior year, Parker accumulated almost 1,400 yards and 19 touchdowns on the ground. And in the passing game, Polk is an all-purpose back that was offensive MVP last year. He should make a run at that distinction again this year. As just a sophomore last year, Odie Wyatt's Cade Barrett was a big problem behind center. He threw for over 3,000 yards and 35 touchdowns to go along with just three picks. Barrett loves to show off his strong arm as he waits for his receiver to get behind the defense. And then Cade unloads. Look for more eye-popping numbers from Barrett his junior year. Another quarterback that should put up big numbers this year is Weston Smith of Colleyville Heritage. His junior year, Smith threw for over 2,600 yards and 29 touchdowns. He's six foot five with a strong arm that allows him to rifle one in through even the smallest holes. Weston has his grades intact too, as he's verbally committed to Princeton to play college ball. Brandon Forrest of Northside is primed for a big senior year in 2022. He's a major player in the Steers offense as he ran for 725 yards and also caught 13 passes for 200 yards. Forrest is a threat in the special teams as he ran two kickoffs back for touchdowns last year. As a first team all district player, Forrest will be relied on for a monster year if the Steers hope to visit the playoffs. A huge rear by one of those guys could be the reason why one of these teams makes it to the postseason. Or Fasold caught up with Arlington Heights head coach Phil Young to talk about the Yellow Jackets' chances in this district in our Media Day segment. All right, it is Media Day. We are talking 4-5A Division Two, and I'm joined by Arlington Heights head coach Phil Young. Coach, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, this new district you're in, the last, you know, two realignments, you can kind of be putting in a district where there's a struggle for you guys to pick up some wins. But being in with your Fort Worth ISD fo uh, familiar foes, it may help a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, putting it mildly, yes. That has been the topic of our prayers for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised my hair hadn't fallen out over the past four years. We've had a, we've had a really tough district that we've been in the past four years with some quality teams. And uh, not that our team is not uh, capable enough for the challenge, and, and but we just knew what we were getting in. It was one of the toughest districts around. Uh, and the first year in it, four years ago, we, we really had a good fine year. We went six and four, beat some good teams. We had five come from behind wins. The following year, we went two and eight and had a pretty good team, but everybody was you know, loaded in the district. And uh, South Hills was still in the district at the time. The past two years, they dropped out of it, and we, we uh, added uh, Northwest. One four-game stretch for us this year. We played Alito, Abilene Cooper, Azel, Justin Northwest. And we just had to get our boys ready for it. And, and the thing that I told our coaches just the other day, not saying that 
we're better coaches than anybody. But one of the in 32 years as a coach, probably one of the best coaching jobs as a staff we've done has been in the last two years. It has nothing to do with wins and losses. It has everything to do with holding a program together that very easily could have just dissolved into nothing with COVID because essentially in Fort Worth, the kids did not have to come back to school the entire year. So most Fort Worth ISD campuses, high school campuses, retained about 20% of the population on campus. And we had, um, you know, our numbers weren't as high as some of the teams we were playing against anyway with kids in the program. But, you know, we'd had a pretty quality number of kids that, that had come up through. We were able to handle a freshman JV and a varsity. And I think there were only three teams in the, four, the 13 schools in Fort Worth that actually had two sub-varsity teams. I think it was us, Pascal, uh, maybe Benbrook, and maybe one other. Uh, it's just because the numbers had dropped off so much, and it wasn't unique to us, but the four schools lost so many boys just because they didn't come back to school. And, and you know, hindsight hindsight is easy to look back, and, and I'm, not the, I'm not the Monday morning quarterback and what should have been done and what shouldn't have been done, but I think that most people looking back go, man, uh, it probably wasn't the best for our kids and our program to, to keep them all at home. And, and, you know, I understand the situation and the severity of it, but some kids were getting jobs. A lot of kids were getting jobs. A lot of them were asked to babysit their little siblings while their parents went to work, and they wouldn't come back. And, and you can't hold them accountable for not being at off season because if you do, then you're going to run off half your kids, and then your you have no team, and the program falls apart. So uh, saying a lot to say this, I guess, through these past four years, our coaching staff and our players that have been in with us every week just trying to rally them up and saying let's compete let's get after it let's have great off seasons let's just work hard for the program heights is a quality program and, and uh, we're competitive but we got to work at it that was really hard and my hats off to our coaches and our players for believing in what we kept telling them and they kept coming around and our numbers went down they went they went down probably about 20 percent in the program but um, uh, we felt like this year we knew we were going to be young and booger bear schedule uh, we actually had the smallest senior class I've ever coached, ever coached in high school. I had 16 seniors this year, and usually I'm in the mid-30s. And that is because a lot of these boys, their sophomore year didn't play at the end. Junior year didn't play, and, and uh, we lost them to COVID, and they never came back. So because of that, we played eight or nine sophomores up this year and had a big junior class up. Uh, and I've been in it long enough to know that the little brother grows up and the little brother got beat up this year, <laughs> but little brother's growing up. And uh, it's, it's amazing to see the maturity and expertise these kids have had just from playing a year. And you just got to love them up and hope they don't get broke playing against the teams that we played and just come on, man, we'll, we'll get you in the off season and you'll grow. And so we're super excited right now, but I, I will say this when the realignment number came out, we were, uh, it, it was a very tense day. But it really, really felt like we won the lottery around here when they, they put us down in Division Two. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the, the lumps you had to take and the, the sweating to get through those two years. But do you feel now is the perfect time to be toughened up? Like you said, the little brother getting big now. And now you're in a more favorable district where a, a playoff spot is very attainable. Yes, yes. There was not a game that we played last year that wasn't just tremendously uh, – it's just so hard on our kids because they're young. But it, it did – they toughened up and they learned the speed of the game at a high, high level. I mean, those four teams that I mentioned, I think the year before probably had seven losses between the four teams, you know, and they had the state champion out of it and uh, probably had 45 wins. And those kind of teams, you better be ready for. And got great coaches, but I tell you what, it made them coach hard too because you're getting ready for Alito and 
And I scheduled that game. We had a, we had a Fort Worth ISD school drop us third game of the year. Alito had an opening, and I called Tim, and I used to play him when I was at Cleveland. We were actually in the district when I first got to Arlington Heights, and I said, hey, I got a young, young team. We need a game. You need a game. Nobody else is going to play you, but everybody would want to play me. How about we come to Alito? Because I want our kids and our program – we had some foresight for the next few years if we got into this Fort Worth district. I want our kids to see the best from the best stadium, the, the, the best players, the best team, high level of coaching, speed, speed of the game. And the kids bought into it, you know, so they weren't ever afraid. But uh, I could see them gradually growing up through the year. I started a freshman quarterback most of the year, and, and it was uh, – <laughs> yeah, his first start was against Toledo. And I patted him on the butt, man. I said, go get him, man. And he just looked at me and said, let's go. And he's a little Johnny Manziel kind of guy. And he went out there and just did the best he could like all our kids. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these guys that, that are coming up. you got a couple second teamers out there with, with Brian Furch at running back. And then yeah. if you want to talk about Henry uh, Henry Macon on the, on the defense, I would love to hear about some of these guys that sure. have gone through the growing pains and fought through the COVID year and, and still can't, kept coming out and now are, are ready to go. Yeah, they, they command this locker room and this weight room. They are like coaches. The maturity level of these boys right now, because they're, they're both – we've got quite a few kids this year that will be three-year starters for us. And Gabe McClellan, um, uh, Michael Powell, Brian Furch, like I said, Henry Mankin. We've got a uh, sophomore, junior to be, Alberto Jaboy, who started this past year. And we just got some guys that, that are what you want as a coach. They're an extension of you and your belief system. And Brian Furch – we got him as a sophomore and played him. And I'm telling you, he probably was not ready to play as a sophomore in varsity. We just didn't have anybody. And he was a good worker. He's always been a good worker, but uh, we had to play him. His junior year last year, he came in in pretty dang good shape. But still, he was a little heavy. He was probably a little over 220. And even though he went for about 1,350 yards this year, there were games where, you know, the, the elite teams, that you know, they, they shut him down pretty good. Um, but he is one of those backs that just got better and better and better. And his work ethic is – he'd be up here on Sundays with his cones and, and stepladders been going over him. We're here in the office working Sunday afternoon. and He's out there on his own going through his drills. And that's the kind of guy you like to see. There's no prima donna, no entitlement in him at all. And he's a quiet worker with just a great demeanor about him. So we got him this year, and he's just he just destroyed the weight room. He, just, he loves it. We've got a group of about 25 to 30 boys that just – we cannot get them out of it. And then we took them all onto the track. We told Brian, uh, you need to lose just a little bit of weight, and we need to get our speed right if you're going to play next level and if you're going to be the dude we, we're going to depend on this year. Well, he just bought into that, and uh, he started running. And, uh, you know, he ran every workout of everything we wanted. We were running quarter workouts, quarter-mile workouts. He'd do it. Sprinter workouts, he'd do it. He, he never, ever blinked an eye. And same with Henry Mankin. Um, so both those guys trimmed a little bit weight, but their strength went through the roof. Henry's nearly a 500-pound squatter, and he's probably 215, 6'1", 6'2". I, I man, just hearing you talk, I could see the excitement you had yeah. in the upcoming year. And, you, and you're lucky enough you have built-in uh, motivation there with A-Train winning the, uh, winning the <laughs> Super Bowl last year. You can go in there and tell them, hey, look, a guy from Heights can go all the way to the top. You guys can do the same thing, right? Yes, sir. You know, and, and that was a neat because he came back. We retired his jersey, and he came back, and he talked. And he, what a what just a great man he is. Uh, we've got a big thing on the wall that, you know, hey, this is the home of A'shaun Robinson. But another thing that, that we tell our players is we had a um, 
um, a player drafted Saturday uh, by the Seattle Seahawks, Tariq Woolen, who's at UTSA. He played for us here and ran track, and, and he's six four cornerback, so he may have a career too. But but he bought in and ran the track workout, and he was he was actually on a part of a three track teams that we are a track team we had. It took all three relays to the state meet his junior year. We had the sprint relay. He was on that, the four by two, and the mile relay, and we had some pretty special guys. But you know, we, we push it really hard, the weight room and the track, and it's a, it's a great combination. But I've always felt like that they mar- they're married to each other, really. I mean, if you're going to be great at football, you better do the track workouts. And not, you may not win a medal, but you better do them. That's awesome. Hey, yeah. Listen, I'll finish off by asking you about your, your non-district. I remember last uh, you, earlier in this interview you talked about, hey, let's play a Leo, let's go up to a Leo just so they can see what it's like. Well, now yeah. – Maybe you have a different mindset for your non-district games because now you're actually preparing for a, a good shot to making the playoffs here. So who do you have in the non-district and how do you help those games help you out? Well, we play, we play Joshua and then we play uh, Frisco Panther Creek and then we play Waco University. And, you know, when you go two and eight, a lot of people call you. <laughs> so I started, I got a lot of phone calls, but I really feel like those are quality teams, no doubt, but I felt like that I had a, um, a poker hand that nobody could see that I got a bunch of aces and they're wanting to play us. And I'm going, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't care who I would be fine playing Lido again. And that's why when we get into our district, you know, I know all these coaches in Fort Worth, they're great men and they have very well coached teams, but I'm not as familiar with Colleyville and Grapevine. And I know that they have very strong programs. We did play Grapevine a few years back. Uh, we, we split with them. We beat them once they beat us once and we played Colleyville Heritage in the playoffs a couple of times. But, but I, I have no problem with whoever's on our schedule because I really believe, number one, our boys want to go undefeated. They want to be a 10-0 team in the playoffs. And, and we believe we can do it with a lot of hard work. And um, even if we don't and we fall a little bit short, you know, we're going to shoot for the stars. If we fall short, we may land on the moon anyway. But there's just a tremendous belief and excitement every day when these kids show up and these coaches that really wasn't here for the last three years. It was, an, it was, man, let's work hard to keep it together. Can't let, we can't let it dissolve because we see good things coming and we're finally there. This has been one of the funnest springs I've ever had. I love it, Coach. Man, I love that. I love holding the program together for two yep. years and now it's freaking yeah. ready to go. You're ready, to, ready go. to go. Yeah. I can see it. I can hear it. I heard people screaming in the hallway. Probably has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but hey, yeah. Yep. Yep. that it might be. Head into the weight room. That's where they come. They're excited, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Coach, and good luck this year. Thank you, more. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week's show. Join us next week when we move on to 5-5A Division II. It's what we like to call a hodgepodge district, where teams from all over settle into one district. You can keep up with everything on the high school football scene on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram accounts. Until next time, I am Ashley Bullington, and thank you for watching the Campfire.